Welcome to The Old World Lives, a Warhammer Fantasy Battles podcast. You can find us on Facebook at The Old World Lives, on Instagram at The Old World Lives, and you can reach us by email at theoldworldlives at gmail.com. And now, on to the episode. Hello and welcome to lucky number 13 of The Old World Lives, a Warhammer Fantasy podcast. And tonight, it's actually a Mordheim podcast, but enough about that. I'm Christopher, and with me, we, I have Niklas. Hello. And Jimmy. Hello, everyone. And we know it's been a while since we recorded last, but uh, what else to do on Friday before Easter? I mean... Good Friday, isn't it? Yeah, it's Taco Friday. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's pretty much it. It's Taco Friday. That's uh, about us... Uh, into it that we are going to get, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Jimmy told me he's doing Taco Friday, and then, yeah, I'm also doing Taco Friday. It's uh, the most sacred of all Swedish traditions. As it is. Amen. Yeah, I feel a bit of a heretic here, given that I'm home alone and did take out uh, Thai Friday. So it's, it's almost it's the same thing. not that thing. bad. Third best option. Yeah, I'd rather have a decent Taco Friday, actually. <laughs> All right, so yeah, as uh, Christopher said, today we're going to be talking about uh, Mordheim and how to build a gang for Mordheim, how to actually play this game. Uh, before that, we're going to have a small introduction of what's going on, what we've been up to in the time between now and the last episode we release. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been trying to get everyone together to be able to talk about something, but now we just decided we need to, we need to record. Yeah. Also, as you all might have noticed, we have muted Krell. <laughs> yeah, he's here. He's just not uh, allowed to talk. He's been talking a bit... Uh, well, we can't really repeat what he said in the company, nor the company we keep at the moment. Yeah, it was funny. I asked earlier, uh, like some weeks ago, like how, when you edit this program, like how, what function do you use to, to mute out a certain soundtrack? And then I thought, you probably don't know what it's called anymore, because you probably used to rename it Krell so long ago. That's the best part with having him on a se- separate uh, audio track. You just remove it if needed. <laughs> All right, so uh, what's been going on, guys? What have you been doing? Chris, you go first this time. Yeah, not much, actually. I've been busy with other things and uh, hoarding high elves, which is a bad thing. I reckon. Yeah, I was- Seen a lot of pictures of vials, but you you started painting them as well. Yeah, I'm actually painting while we're recording. I'm painting uh, swords masters. Ooh, nice, nice models too. Yeah, uh, the, it's the metal ones. Yeah, yeah, the metal ones. I am actually missing a musician because the musician I got with uh, the swords master I bought was actually the one for the Lothan Sea Guard upgrade kit, the metal one. Hmm. It doesn't well. doesn't really fit, given that it has doesn't have the yeah. same armor or anything. Time to go hunting on eBay. I actually know a store that still have the blister of the commands in stock. So. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's nice to see you're, you're working on elves. You're working on dark elves and high elves. Yeah, right. they're all elves. Pretty much the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah, they're and all the same to me. Anything with pointy ears is scary for my goblins. So, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> they're all the same. And uh, after actually, I've actually finished the Sundering Omnibus as well. And with good conscience, I must admit that the highest are the better ones in the, that book. <laughs> yeah, I got this book as well. I need to start reading it once I'm finished with the first Godric and Felix Omnibus. Yeah, not to, to say, or not to spoil it, but if you've ever been in an Entitled Kid Reddit post, that's Malekith. <laughs> Mr. Bacon. That's what he it is. It's a crispy little bacon. Yeah, that's for the second book. In the third book, he's actually encapsulated in magic armor and even whinier than in the first book. <laughs> but uh, as you said, mentioned there, Nicholas, you fi- finally started the Gotrek books. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's my great shame that I haven't read it so far, but it's also nice that I've saved this, this gem for so long and now I can enjoy it. Which of, the like, books, uh, which, which of the books in the first omnibus are you reading currently? Uh, well, the first one is, is Skaven Slayer? No, mm-hmm. Troll Slayer. I think, Trolls, tro- I think Troll Slayer is the first and Skaven is the second. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah so I'm on Troll Slayer. But Troll Slayer is like a lot of stories in one. Yeah. It's a short story compilation, basically. Yeah, yeah. I heard that he the stories from like a, a role from role playing sessions, like the, the first stories. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, they were published separately f- from 
not in a book from the beginning. It was basically just stories in compilations and stuff from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good. Uh, I've been told like, oh yeah, Demon Slayer is the, the bomb. Gotta read Demon Slayer. So I'm just plowing through the first ones to, to get the Demon Slayer, I guess. Demon Slayer is a really good one. It's uh, You get a really nice look into some of the other Slayers that are also characters in the game. Like Malakai Makai and stuff. Oh, yeah, Sn- Snorri, but he's uh, really hard to get hold of as a mini. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'm reading through those. I got so many fantasy books now to read through. So, Order. Yeah, I got a bunch uh, when I won two prizes at this fantasy event. That's good. Got nice. enough to, to last through summer. How about uh, painting then? Got any done? Uh, I've done, I've like spent an entire weekend scrubbing old metal dwarfs, uh, which is like <laughs> the worst thing to do. But I just plowed through all of them during the entire weekend, like the entire 2000 point list uh, that I'm going to do. I still have uh, bits left to do, like my Slayers and Ammo of Doom and some characters. But almost all of my dwarves have been scrubbed now and primed. And I did two test models for those. Uh, so I painted them up. And uh, they're pretty copper heavy. And I'm, a pretty, I'm pretty happy with how they turned out because I want them to look like from an, an older age. I think that the copper really gives them that feel. Truly does. And they look really, really good, your two test models. Thanks. Yeah, they're they're great models. Like they're all the details are so defined. They all have just like so much detail, like little sacks and knives and daggers everywhere. It's really cool. And really pretty beards. Yeah. You gotta have a pretty beard. I, I painted the the engineer. Like I've always wanted this engineer model. So that's like the first one that I painted up, or the second one. I, I wanted to test a new star regular longbeard guy, and then this was the second guy I painted up because I just wanted to, to put my brush against this dwarf. Uh, and then I got a, a few more Kislev riders, actually. Uh, some more Griffin Legion and some more Ungol Horse Archers for uh, this doubles event we're going to. Mm-mm-mm. And aren't we looking forward to that? Yeah, it's going to be great. We heard a lot about the, the Polish scene going to be really cool to go over there and play some uh, Worm with those guys because they got yeah. a really big scene going on there playing 6th edition. I think yeah. uh, Andre told us like they had like 30 players or something. Yeah, they have a regular amount of events as well. It's just, just one a year with several. several. Yeah, that's going to be great. And uh, speaking of events, we also launched our uh, uh, real-time Albion event uh, coming up in both August and September. So we're going to have one one-day event in August and one two-day event in uh, September. Uh, because like there's 15 places for each event and we wanted to have as many people being able to come as possible. And also some people want to go for a one-day event. They don't want to uh, spend the night there and just go over for a day. And some people want to play as much as possible. So yeah, really excited about this. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully some guys from Sweden will come over. Um, we'll see about that. Yeah, looking to... I'm looking at you, Jimmy, across the, the internet. We'll see what I can do. No promises. Well, it might might just uh, take the leap and do it, given that you might need a visa and vaccines next time you're going. <laughs> yeah, who knows? You might need it this time. They might have finally preceded by then. No, it's uh, in October, isn't it? The, oh, they pushed it to, uh, they pushed right. it to October. Let, so. Let's not have Brexit talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what have you been up to, Jimmy? Well, like I've always been doing, I've been painting night goblins. I'm uh, currently <laughs> tackling a, a huge mob of a hundred spearmen. And yeah, you're yeah. finally reaching those mystical yeah. 500 points of goblins, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so close. Yeah. yeah but you, you... I, I, uh, I, the, the other day I finished the the basic brushwork and I'm uh, doing the shading with uh, well washes now, and uh, after that it's highlights and then they're done. Nice. And they do look mighty imposing as it is, even before you finish them. <laughs> yeah, you would have thought so that, like, yeah, the mad rush before Christmas. How many did you paint then? I painted about 120 goblins then, I think. <laughs> you, yeah, you would have thought, like, he's done now. But <laughs> he's been flying on, like, for... Well, uh, well, not nonstop, but, like, five months on after this. Just painting more and yeah. more goblins. Ah. <laughs> uh, the painting started recently. I've been building a lot of them, and I've been—I really hate scraping that mold lines from them. It's oh god, 
If it's something I hate, it's models pre twenty uh, yeah twenty ten. Those models are horrible to do mold lines on. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Also, when you're doing these, and then you're like, oh yeah, I really want to do this other green skin army as well, or like this 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 other goblin armies <laughs> even better. <laughs> like one <sighs> goblin my, army isn't enough. My my common goblin army is gonna be with the gnoblars, and they're even older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but those are like. You'd think that it's crazy to have different goblins armies, but I mean, you have different human armies. Exactly. And, and also, like, I'm even excited or tempted to do different kinds of empire armies with different focuses. And the Orcs and Goblin book is just so diverse. As you've heard on this yeah. podcast, like, we went through it. It's just like, it's like five armies in one, but within each army, you have different teams as well. It's just crazy. And that's before you're even adding in all of those special goblin types yeah. that's in the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the fire goblins, the kobolds, the the other hill goblins, and the yeah. aquatic ones, the undead ones, the dust, the dust goblins, like undead skirmish goblins with uh, blowpipes and stuff. Wow, there's so many! Oh wow! Oh god! <laughs> but at least you have a reason to do all those night goblins, right? I do, and May eighteenth is gonna be a an amazing day the battle of Caracate peaks is gonna take place i'm gonna feel like yeah between four and six thousand points of night goblins and i'm gonna face twenty four thousand points of dwarfs and about twenty six thousand points of skaven is gonna be like yeah i don't know what i'm doing here but i'm gonna do my part (laughs) yeah yeah, back to my old name. Those guys always yeah. put on just crazy games. Like they, they do apocalypse for 40k and there's massive battles for fantasy. Uh, yeah. I remember I, I took part in a like a War of the Beard battle there in like 2009 or something, uh, and it was just crazy. Just and it's still so... going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to do like a, a War of the Beard special someday. I'm just so yeah. into to that that whole period. Definitely. I mean, I have will probably have enough dragons by then. <laughs> Feel just regular, regular dragons and dragon princes and drakes. Yeah. Oh, so cool. So many cool things for that period. Love those lists. Speaking of cool things, uh, let's go into the news. And uh, Nicholas, what do, do you have com- coming for? Or more in detail, because you have mentioned it before. The Yeah, the event. Yeah. Uh, so we're having two events for uh, an, an out-time event. Um, so yeah, we're inspired by the uh, the Danes down in Copenhagen are doing like a 30k Horse Heresy real time event. So I've been to a couple of those. So that's where the idea comes from. Uh, so we're doing that set on Albion for fantasy using sixth edition. So we're running up some rules and uh, yeah, there's a player pack. You can go look at it at the event. Uh, it's on Facebook. You can find it going through the Warmer Fantasy Battles. Facebook page or the sixth edition uh, Facebook page, or probably the show notes on this episode, and we might add it to our Facebook page as well, just for ease of access. Yeah, so it's uh, me and Joseph Bain uh, that organized the Bringing Back Sixth Edition. That's been on this podcast as well, uh, which is really good that he's on board with this because he's experienced in uh, hosting events, and uh, I'm good at making up ideas. I'm not as good at like making these ideas happen. So I'm really glad that he, he was interested in this and uh, wanted to help run this. Uh, so that's going to be great. I uh, really hope that people want to show up. Uh, I've tried these real-time events well for Horse Heresy, and they are amazingly fun. I, I love playing them. And yeah, Albion is like the first thing that came out for 6th edition. So that's a really cool theme. I think it's going to work really well with this real-time as well. Are you going to use the weather rules and scenario rules from the Dark Shadows campaign, or are you just going to make all of them custom? Yeah, so we're using a lot from the Dark Shadows campaign book. So we have we have uh, uh, agents. So these agents will, of course, be the uh, the Truthsayers for the good side and the uh, Dark Emissaries for the evil side and then we also have a neutral faction that will be uh their agents will be Fimir. Ooh. Yeah, I thought that's it's pretty good. <laughs> neutral faction. Yeah, the famously like... neutral Fimir. <laughs> they just yeah, hate you, everyone. Yeah, because you like who, who are they with really? and Fortune makes some really cool models that like you don't really know what you're using for. So I thought that this is uh, their time to shine on the, the foggy island. 
Uh, and yeah, we will use the, the weather chart a lot as well. So the weather will affect the entire real-time campaign and the weather will change through throughout the day as well. Uh, and the scenarios, the like the there are just the Orgum Stone and the, the Lead Keep and stuff like that. So those will be locations on the, the map as well and will have effect on in the game. That sounds really fun, actually. Yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. It's such a great setting, and I think it's going to work so well for this real-time event because, like, it is this isolated island with a lot of cool locations on it, and it's not that big. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be really cool. So nice. yeah, go to the Facebook page, just check it out. Just check out the player pack. Like, even if you're if you're not interested in going, check out the player pack and maybe get inspired to do something similar. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should uh, actually finalize uh, doing something here in Sweden as well. I think. There has been talk in the shadows. Oh, yeah. But uh, talking is sheep. Actually doing something is something entirely different. I've been pulling my strings in Stockholm, and I'm still waiting for an answer. Yeah, yep. that's, that's usually how it goes when talking to people in Stockholm. <laughs> they tend to talk a lot and then never show up. Or be mute. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, we also invite to to host uh, something fantasy related somewhere else so yeah we we can do it we just need to to actually do something as well yeah yeah but just so people know we are working on something over here in sweden as well and if you're interested please get in touch so we actually know that it's it will be something that people want to show up to because that helps if you build it they will come someone come up with a topic quick oh wait slanish Yeah, you guys talk. I gotta take a phone call a real bit quick. After feasting on elf kind during the end times of the world that was, Slanish, for time at least, surpassed his brethren in sheer power and influence. Blah, 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 blah. Ate all the elves, blah, 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 eight of Sigmar. Yeah, but uh, there yeah. might be some really nice Slanish models coming out. Yeah, that's true. I'm back! Oh, that's, uh, a, that's a very fast phone call. Yeah, I told him. Call me later. <laughs> All right, yeah. Uh, are we done with the new stuff, maybe? And what's yeah, I think going so. On? We should just mention there are some books coming out. One of them is uh, relevant to what Nicholas is reading, and that is the third Gotrek and Felix Omnibus. Hooray. And then there's a C.L. Werner Skaven Wars the Black Plague Warhammer Chronicles book, which is a collection of uh, those stories, which is nice for those that like plague monks, or plague yes in general. And then two more of the uh, Kim Newman books are having a re-release, and that is Silver Nails and Beasts in Velvet. And they are actually really nice, these books, because they continue the low scale. It's not massive battles. It's more of a intrigues and uh, what's actually going on in the cities of the Empire kind of stuff. Nice. Have you already re- Are you getting them? I already own them. <laughs> <laughs> but nice, the, but nice. but the re-releases are looking really really nice. They m- might actually look even nicer in the bookshelf than the old ones I have. Yeah. Did you did you curse when you saw that they're releasing? Like shit. Now I can't sell these for thousand nah, pounds. Given that I have the early two thousands uh, re-releases and not the originals, and the originals are worth like double what they were worth when they were once released. Like. 150 kroners or something. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but it's nice to see them being re-released because they are actually good books. But that's pretty much it from the news, I think. All right. Should we head into the main topic then? Mm, yeah. Why not? Yes. Starting a war band. In yeah. more so... time. Just to give context. Yeah. <laughs> not just a general war band. You have to do it in more time this time. In more time. Or yeah, Emperor not, in not, Flames. Not in your local neighborhood. Yes, please do. Start gang war. This is not a post-Brexit guide. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we had uh, uh, Thomas Pirnan on, which was amazing. Uh, and he talked a lot about Mordheim. But we haven't really talked about like how to play Mordheim uh, or all the scenarios and stuff. But, uh, I mean, I don't, how much do we need to explain like how to actually play Mordheim? Like, you move models and you throw dice. It's pretty straightforward, but like the... The warband, I think that's the, the core thing about Morheim, like your gang. Because yeah, it's, it, it's really the first step into the game, creating your own warband. Yeah, because it really is a game of like your your guys. Like you want to see your guys progress and you're building a story. It's, it's almost role playing, like it's role playing with figures, right? Yeah, I, I kind of see it like a, a, a role playing miniature game. 
but not everyone do so. And uh, that's how it is with every kind of game out there. I mean, we kind of role play when we play Warhammer Fantasy 2. Yeah, it's just your character and lots of bladed wounds. Yeah. Yeah, it's when you start naming your goblins, you have a problem. <laughs> I'm going to name them all Git. <laughs> Git, Git, son. But we might say that this is probably the first part of this. We're going to pay- talk more about Mordheim during the year, as we mentioned earlier, because this is the year of Mordheim, after all, the 20th year Indeed. anniversary. And we are going to have a proper, this is how we play Mordheim episode later on. But uh, this is, as Jimmy said, the important first step. Yeah, so I'm going to start talking about the core rules about starting a warband now. And uh, as you know, there's a lot of warbands out there. There's fan-made warbands, there's semi-official warbands, and there's their rulebook and other official releases, like uh, they let out on their webpage and in various white dwarfs. And uh, to start a warband, every warband gets 500 gold crowns to spend on their heroes, henchmen, and equipment. And uh, every warband is also kind of unique because they have uh, different skill tables and starting experience. And that's for the heroes. And there's two kind of heroes in a warband. There's the leader. He represents the player, so to say. And he makes the decisions that your warriors do in, in the streets of Mordheim. And uh, the leader is the only mandatory choice. And then you have other secondary heroes. And uh, a, a good example for this is uh, for the mercenaries, which have champions. They can have up to two champions, which are like better warriors than your standard guys. But they they earn experience like heroes, which will go on with another, uh, excuse me, which we will take up in another episode. And uh, then we have the henchmen. There are different kind of henchmen. We have like... the Let's take the humans again. We have normal warriors. They also have a couple of uh, other kind of henchmen, which is the swords. Uh, I think it's uh, swords. I'm going to check it up here in the book. Swordsmen. Yeah, swordsmen, which are better with their weapon skill. And they come with with a special rule called expert swordsmen, which allows them to reroll failed hit rolls when they charge with swords. And then you have marksmen who have... uh, access to other missile weapons than the other guys in a warband. And uh, then you can have uh, other henchmen like uh, war dogs that uh, witch hunters do or uh, giant rats which Skaven have. And uh, all the warbands have special rules which are taken up in their separate entries. And uh, you, like I said, you have 500 gold crowns to spend on a warband which you use to spend on the warriors and their weapons and armor. And after you've calculated the cost for all your warriors in your warband, the spare gold crowns are stashed in your in your warband roster, where you can also stash extra equipment if you so like. And then you calculate the warband rating. The rating is like what tells how how strong your warband is. It's uh, it depends on the number of the warriors and the experience on all the warriors in the warband. I think that's it for the beginning of this thing so just a quick question and this is good because i am like a rookie so these questions are mostly gonna be like actual questions and some educational questions but the the rating what does that do really yeah uh between games you compare your warband rating with the other guys well before the game so to say and if your warband rating is higher or lower it might give you or the opponent an underdog bonus which gives you more experience points after the game and it also helps you yeah and it also helps you choosing who's the attacker and who's the defender in some scenarios because if you have a higher rating you're a stronger warband and in some cases in uh, in multiplayer games you're you're bound to be attacked a lot if you have a high warband rating because there's an uh there's a scenario there called ambush where the highest warband the highest rated warband stands in the middle of the of the board and they're supposed to escape any table edge. And they're surrounded by all other players. So you don't <laughs> always want to be on top. That's a, that's a nice uh, leveling mechanic. To make yeah, the, it is. the less strong warbands be able to, to actually play the game. Yeah. 
some warbands might give you a false sense of uh, warband rating because every model don't give you a warband rating. Uh, like for experience, for example, if you use a warband with uh, models that usually don't gain experience, like the undead, then your rating will be lower because your henchmen won't have any experience, but your heroes will grow rather quickly because of the underdog bonus. And the undead have really, really, really strong heroes because of their vampire. Just like Warhammer. Yeah. I really feel like we should just insert that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, also, a pro tip from me and from uh, a lot of guys I know, you always max out the number of heroes because heroes are the main thing in your warband. They are the ones who give you gold after each battle. If they don't fall, that is. Uh, because after each battle, every hero that stands rolls a d6 on a chart. And depending on the total number on of all these heroes, you get uh, a certain number of wordstones or treasure if you play in Empire in Flames. And uh, this is what you sell to gain more gold to spend on your warband. And the larger your warband you have, the less gold you're going to have because everyone needs their cut from the from the wins. Yeah, so that's kind of the, the point of the game, like just collecting yeah. experience and money. Yeah, and uh, a lot of people also build, as, as, as you can buy new equipment between the games, uh, a lot of people I know build extra models for the heroes and some henchmen because they want to because they have something to aspire to like uh, like say, say you start with a young blood for the mercenaries you might not he, he he's, he's not a great fighter you don't want to spend a lot of gold on him but eventually he's gonna grow he's gonna get good stats and you want to equip him properly and having a secondary miniature for guys like that is not a bad idea yeah, so how does it work with the uh, equipment? Like, you, you can change it out whenever you want, or are you stuck with the... If you buy, like, a sword, do you have to keep the sword, or can you stash it away, or how does that work? You you can stash it away between games. Uh, I think it's brought up later in the rulebook when, during the post-game uh, phases, you do it. But you can swap your weaponry, you can buy new weaponry. You can even throw it away if you wish. Yeah. Can you can you like, sell equipment? Do you have? Yeah, you can also sell it uh, for half the price. So, yeah, nice. Can, oh, can you steal equipment from uh, the enemy that you that you kill? If you capture an enemy after a game, you can sell him to the pits, and uh, you can keep his equipment. Or you can <laughs> talk with your enemy like, "You can have him back if I can keep his equipment." Yeah, or for a hefty fee. Yeah. For hefty fee, you have him back, and I'll keep the equipment. <laughs> and, uh, well, how to build a Mordheim Warband? There's a few steps here. Uh, I would say, like I told earlier, there's a lot of Warbands to pick between. So take your time and pick one that you like. Every Warband have a certain kind of, well, way to play. Like Orcs and Goblins, they are going to be better fighters than shooters. But they can, of course, shoot. While uh, the undead, they won't be able to like shoot at all. While uh, dwarves, they're like, well, they go both ways. They they're good fighters and they're good shooters, but they're slow. And the humans, well, they're a jack of all trades. And uh, once you pick the warband, you can buy models. Uh, depending on the kind of warband you want to buy, uh, you might be able to just buy one box if you're gonna play orcs. A box of normal orc boys would do perfectly because you can build about everything you need from this and maybe add a, a shaman or something. And uh, before before you assemble the models, uh, you should write your warband. But I kind of go the other way around. I always build the models, then I make the warband roster. Madman. Yes, I am. So yeah, uh, check the equipment that you will use before assemble the models. So uh, so you have everything you need and want to have, uh, that is. And uh, after assembling them, paint them up and uh, have a few games some more time. Yeah, it's really nice that you, you don't need a lot of models, which yeah. is kind of the point of the game. Exactly. Uh, it's also, oh, uh, uh, that, that I should mention, uh, the minimum number of a warband is three models. I have seen successful three-modeled warbands, and I've played successful three-modeled warbands. Uh, a good warband is the Possessed. That's insane. 
I was nice. gonna say it's, it's just a huge shame that they discontinued the the militia box, and that yeah. like if you try and get it, it's like a, a billion pounds or whatever on yeah. eBay. It's so expensive. The next best uh, box is the Empire Archers. Yes, yeah, which I will probably get. And uh, well, I think all of us made some warbands to present and our thoughts around it. Yeah. Do you want to go ahead and start with yours? Yeah, uh, I made uh, two of them, actually. Oh, then uh, start yeah. with one, and so, then maybe end with one. Uh, I, I'm i going to start with... Uh, I made two Witch Hunter Warbands. Uh, one's more inclined to playing the game, and one's more inclined to role-playing during playing. And I'm going to start with the more balanced one first. Uh, and uh, in more time, there's a lot of extra optional rules, like black powder weapons get cheaper and such. I skipped that on my first warband that I'm going to present now, and during my other warband, which is my my normally used uh, Witch Hunter warband, uh, and you can see the models on our Instagram and on our Facebook. And that warband, I did use the 20% off on Black Powder Weapons. And here goes. Uh, the Witch Hunters. Uh, I got a Witch Hunter Captain with a pistol and a sword because I want to I want him to get cl- up close and personal because he had good fighting stat lines and uh, the sword gives him uh, the option to parry and the pistol is a great weapon to use in the beginning of the game because you can use pistols in close combat like a close combat attack uh, I also added a warrior priest bare bone nothing on him except for two hammers and uh, like the witch hunter captain he has okay stat lines and uh, because of his prayers, he have a lot of prayers. Some are, some are defensive, and uh, some are making him, him his fighting prowess better. But every power he has is for things up close and personal. So he's gonna tag along there. Then I have three witch hunters because uh, the witch hunter warband can have up to three witch hunters. Every witch hunter is armed with a crossbow and a mace. Because witch hunters have barely have anything that can shoot, and uh, they need all the shooting help they can have, which uh, my bet is on the witch hunters with crossbows because they can gain skills that can give them better opportunities to hit enemies, or they can fire twice, and they can even recover. And it also, it's an easy way to rack up experience points in the beginning of a campaign. Later on, I have three separate choices of flagellants because I want them to be heroes. So having all flagellants in a separate uh, henchman group makes uh, makes the chances greater. And they're all armed with flails. And I also have four warhounds, which are going to be used like cannon fodder. They're cheap, they're fast, easy to replace. And uh, this brings them up on a rating of 109. 12 members, it's... It's actually a lot of members for a starting warband. And it's also the maximum members for a Witch Hunter warband. And zero gold crowns left. Yeah, it seems really good with uh, like the, the hounds to keep the enemy busy. And then you have just all the Witch Hunters just shooting away with crossbows. Yeah, and the Flagellants, ooh, they're like the game's best henchmen after Beastmen. Because these guys have Strength and Toughness 4, Leadership 10, and like... They ignore all kind of leadership-based things. Yeah, it's crazy guys. Yeah, they are. The rule is called crazed. <laughs> yeah. So, do you do you enjoy playing this warband? I haven't played this warband, but I think I would enjoy it if I role played with it. So, what what would we say is the the strengths and weaknesses? Of the it? strength are well, it's it's the henchmen in close combat. All henchmen have strength four. War dogs have strength four. Flagellants have strength 4, which go up to strength 6 with the flails. And uh, they're going to be hard to route because, uh, well, the dogs and the flagellants are going to be the first guys the enemy is going to face. And uh, like I said earlier, the flagellants have toughness 4. And the warhounds, well, they're, they're fast. I can, I can run around corners. They're easy to hide. So toughness four is hard to to face at the beginning of a campaign because it's it's not many warbands that have strength four shooting or strength four in close combat. So they're gonna have a hard time with those, and uh, the captain and the warrior priest are gonna be along those flagellants and add their 
combat powers and their prayer, depending on what prayer the uh, warrior priests get. And while they're while those guys go forward, there will be a hail of crossbow arrows or crossbow bolts towards the enemy. The weaknesses are the well. There's only going to be three guys shooting ever in this warband, and they're already at max maximum twelve models. So there's not going to be a lot of models adding to this warband. Unless a dog dies, I might change it to another flagellant or one of those zealots, which are like worse humans. Yeah. So you but, said like this is a really good one-off warband, or so this is not really yeah, something you would play in a campaign. Then. I. I'd say this is a good one-off warband. I don't think it would grow a lot in a campaign. It could do well in a campaign, but it's not a warband I would like to play in a campaign. But right. uh, but it's a good for starters. Like it's it's a semi-well-balanced warband, so people who are new to the game could do well with it. Skewed rated four out of five burning witches. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, I can do my warband now. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so at first I was kind of into doing a Kissa warband. I was not really feeling the models that I would use and uh, the, the build of the warband. And then I was going through the, the Broheim list of warbands. And then I saw so like, oh, what's this? Kochlan Bandits. That looks interesting. And I looked into them and they have a really cool story that the, they're like uh, soldiers that fled away from the from Archaeon when he was going down to Middenheim because Hochland is on the way to Middenheim. So they just scattered. And... We all know his entire army teleported to Middenheim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, through a Windows 98 computer. Uh, but anyway, uh, so these guys are like uh, soldiers who fled away and just fled into the forests of uh, Ostermark. And after the, the war was over, uh, all of them returned, but some stayed because, I mean, it's a nice forest you have here. We could spend the rest of our lives here. And, oh, it's a caravan coming. Well, they better pay tax, go through our what is now our area. And if they don't want to pay, let's just take their shit. So these are just the Empire soldiers that have become bandits on the outskirts of uh, Mordheim. And sometimes they venture in there as well. Uh, so I really like the is the build of this warband that it wasn't just like a regular uh, where you had like the main chief and two lesser chiefs or one lesser chief and then some juves or some young guys. They had a lot of different characters and just a lot of henchmen that have a cool story. Uh, so my warband consists of the bandit prince. That's the leader of the bunch of them, and he's armed with a sword, shield light armor and a helmet so he's pretty much the only one with armor in this warband slide armor is expensive yeah i like that armor is like shown here to be like a sign of status yeah definitely uh and then after that i have a duelist who is supposed to be, just be the, the guy who's really good at fencing out of the gang so he's also a character and he's got a pistol and a sword so no armor he's just in his nice clothes and uh, wielding a pistol and a sword. And after that is like my favorite character, the Huckster, who's just this this guy who just tricks people and just persuades people. He's just a, a slick-talking guy. <clears throat> you could imagine him, maybe he's even from Altorf, from the capital, or he's just a guy with a fancy mustache. And he's got some cool rules that uh, when an enemy tries to charge anyone within 12 inches or so out of him, and they have to take a leadership test because he kind of persuades them. Oh, no, 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 guys, where were you? We're here just doing the same thing as you guys. Or just tricking them somehow into not charging them. I mean, that's just a really funny role. And he can also like run cons in between the missions where he just goes away from the warband and, I don't know, tries to sell someone some magic beans or whatever uh, to, to get some gold. Uh, and then uh, I had a previous warband that I told Jimmy before we recorded, and he was like, no, you need to max out heroes. To have more heroes, cause that's, that's what the game's all about. It's the progression of yeah. heroes. It's, it, it's the heart of the warband. Yeah, so I had three tugs. Just thugs are just regular guys, but I changed them into footpads, which are pretty much the same. They are characters, and they're good at sneaking, which is good for bandits. So I got two of those that are armed with swords and shields. They're just Guys are close to the, the, the prince, the, uh, the the bandit prince, and they're sneaking around trying to cut down people, I guess. And then we have a black heart, uh, which is just a 
a rotten egg, <laughs> pretty much. He's the bad guy. Uh, they're described as murderers and rapists. And he's got a cool rule, though, that he can uh, be alone without having to take a leadership test. And uh, he's armed with a shield and an axe and a throwing axe. So he can sneak around and just cut down people and throw axes. And then I've got two poachers. Uh, so these are just the guys that are good shooting with bows. And both of them have longbows. So the point of the army is to have kind of the the prince, the duelist, the huckster, and the footpads being the, the offensive part. And then the blackheart can sneak around on his own. And the, the poachers supporting the, the main gang. So these are eight models. And I have no idea about the rating. I didn't know that there even was a rating before Jimmy told us now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to quickly tell you how you work out rating. You add all your heroes' total experience and henchmen groups when they have experience, and take the model count of uh, your warband times five. Add those two together, and you have your rating. Hmm. I'll have to check out how much to start with. So, uh, yeah, I don't really know how this uh, warband would work out, but uh, I think it's a very cool theme, and I'm probably going to get the, the Empire Archer box to build these guys. Nice. Well, I'm going to say that their lack on the shooting part, but that doesn't matter because in uh, in Mordheim and Empire in Flames, shooting is a bad thing. Like, you don't do well in the shooting phase unless you're playing elves because there's cover all over the place and there's a lot of things that can like cover up your models. So you will be safe or rather safe on your way to the enemy. Good to hear. Yeah, because my, yeah. my, the regular guys in this uh, warband are pretty good. But the Black Heart is pretty good. I think the, a lot of them are strength four base. And you looked at the duelist stats and you were like, oh my god, he's so good. Yeah, like weapon skill and ballist skill four. And with the rules they have, it's like, wow, this is rather cheap for this kind of guy. But thinking about how the rest of the warband is built... Uh, like you don't have uh, a steady crossbow access and uh, you, you you can't have like a lot of long bows. It kind of makes up with that. Yeah, it was, it was weird that you could only have two poachers. I, I expected this yeah. guy to be full of bows. Well, it's probably because they're like deserted soldiers. It's not yeah. a lot of shooting then. Not all of them were archers. So what about you, Chris? What list have you written? Well, what list have I, I copy pasted from a from a thing Jimmy sent me in September last year? You mean exactly that? <laughs> I decided early on when Jimmy started to talk about a lot about Mordheim that I wanted to do a Skaven warband, and uh, that is a Pestilence in this case, and partly because I had the uh, Clan Pestilence start collecting box already, which basically contains the entire warband in itself, and partly because I don't really do Skaven, don't really do that kind of armies in uh, fantasy. So I wanted to do something different. And Jimmy helped me out with uh, a little starting warband, like an example at least. And I've been working on the models behind the scenes since then. Yeah, we've seen some pics of some of them. Yeah, I have the Rat Ogre that's almost finished is on Instagram. But that's not technically in the actual warband, that's just in case stuff allows me to buy it in between rounds on a campaign level, basically. But uh, the warband itself is a plague priest with a double-handed weapon and a plague sorcerer with a halberd, I think it is. There's a plague monk with a flail and a plague monk with two swords. And the plague monks are going to be used with the sensors because they're an option to buy later on. I'm probably going to get the mini sorted to be in between, but I want the sensors just for the looks. What is that? It's the plague sensor, uh, the typical typical plague monk weapon, you know, like a flail, but with a nasty, nastier head on it. Mm. Is it is like yeah. the the thing filled with steam, kind of like the yeah, the there's yeah. poisonous fumes in it. Uh, rules wise, mm. I think in uh, close combat, every model in base contact with him takes a toughness test or suffers a wound. And he, I think he fails his tests on a six because he's used to the fumes. And I think there's skills that makes him immune to them too. Yeah, but you have to basically get the Plague Monk upgraded to access yeah. all of that. You have to yeah. get them upgraded even to access the sensor itself. But that's why they have a flail from the beginning because they look the same, basically. They can paint 
I think they can use the the sensors before, just that it's very dangerous for them to use it. Yeah, that might be how it is. They might die from it. On the other hand, that's just fun, isn't it? Yeah. But other than that, there's uh, some monks, the monk initiates to bulk out, and then four giant rats and uh, plague novices and with mason sling and uh, plague novices with swords. Yeah, and and for those who don't know, uh, plague novices are like clan rats. Not that high in uh, the hierarchy of the plague cult. That's uh, basically it. It's uh, all made out of the plastic set. The plague sorcerer will be... That doesn't really matter in the game because it's, it won't change the rules from the regular plague sorcerer. But it will be a gray seer with a gas mask and he will be the one that has hired the warband. Nice. So like, uh, story-wise. It, it, it's going to be like an, a, a gray seer apprentice, I assume. Well... Because a gray seer would have bigger stats. It will be... Lore-wise, that is all that matters. Yeah. He might be diminished because of all the plague fumes and it has to wear a gas mask, you know? Might so how many, uh, how many models do you have in the, the Warband? Endless? 53. They, they, the maximum number for Skaven is 20 instead of 15, which is the usual one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I suspect it is something like this. Yeah, but it is uh, 14, I think it is. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> that is including giant rats, so... <laughs> very cool yeah and uh, like we heard this warband don't have a lot of shooting but it's a lot of models yeah it has uh, and three the majority of that's yeah <laughs> and uh, yeah and the majority of the heroes have toughness four i think no yeah it's uh, the initiator toughness two the plague monks have toughness four the pestilence sorcerer have toughness three and the plague priest have toughness four so mm-hmm. 50-50. Yeah. It's very high toughness for rats. Yeah, and the plague priest also have strength four, so that's a really good start. And it starts with his maximum leadership. Seven. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really good, isn't it? Well, <laughs> when when you level up initiative or leadership, you know it's either initiative or a reroll. Yeah, true enough. Yeah, but this is, as I said, it's ma- mainly Jimmy's idea, this warband, because he knows how to play the game. I don't. So I th- figured that would be a good way to start. Ask someone in throw the li- <laughs> Throw the little guys in the front and lead from the back. The Skaven way. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, this is this is also fun, but given that, as I said, I don't really do these kind of armies in uh, fantasy. So it has been a bit of a fun challenge, model-wise, to uh, tweak... Uh, what I'm doing and uh, make most of them look at least somewhat unique. Yeah, uh, this this warband leaves a lot of room for your heroes to grow. I mean, your heroes can become plague sensors. They can become like a, a lot of things. They they have so many kind of skills that they can have that it's 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 not always fun to face them. I mean, uh, God, I'm I'm looking at them right now. You can have like so you ignore. Ignore stunned injuries and treat them like knocked down. That's a lot of things. That oh god. So you're 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 basically gonna like stay in the fight for a long time with those skills. I would rate this eleven out of thirteen dead rats. <laughs> oh, uh, and uh, also uh, more than warbands is a great way to just like like Christopher said buy models from an army that you usually don't play or have ever worked with. I mean, you you can make a warband out of like one kit that you really like uh, and use only those guys. So, And uh, an- another good example is uh, Dark Elves. You can build a full, full warband out of a normal Dark Elf kit. Yeah, or that's also true with dwarves. You can get hold of the older plastic oh, yeah. kits. They might not be the prettiest dwarves, but they are damn versatile. Yeah, they are really ugly, though. They are. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they were the first first ones I had. The, the two part the two part bodies that were split in the middle. <laughs> yeah, horrible, massive hands. Yeah, but they they are good in that way that they can make up most of a dwarf warband if you want to do it uh, on a just a one box level. Yep, and you true. get loads of spares. There's so many spares in those kits that that's ridiculous, almost. All right, so what's your last war get, warband, 
Jimmy? Yeah, it's the Burning Comet of Sigmar, my witch hunters. It starts with Luther Steinhardt, my witch hunter captain. It starts with a brace of pistols. So he can fire at short range and he can use them in combat, which is the main goal of him. Then I have my warrior priest, Victor. He's armed with a hammer and he's he's an old priest from an old wooden church outside of Bordheim who tagged along with his warband to smite the evil from the streets. With him, Luther brought three witch hunters. One is his adoptive daughter, Elizabeth Steinhardt, which is a witch hunter with a crossbow pistol and an axe. And crossbow pistols is a really, really fun weapon. You can shoot with it when you charge and when you are being charged as a, a separate attack before the enemy reaches in and it's uh, 10 inches strength four and then the fact that it is Damn. a crossbow pistol that's just cool yeah. enough to you, that you have to take one, yeah. At least one. yeah and uh, this is the this is a weapon that is exclusive for the witch hunters when they start the warbands later on every warband can buy one but they need the prop- appropriate skill to wield it and uh, then I have my crossbow witch hunter, Richter Hassel. And uh, he's the only shooting support I have. So he's armed with a crossbow and the mace if the enemy comes in to close quarters. What does the uh, mace do? The mace, uh, it, it makes, uh, it, it stuns the enemies on a two, no, on three plus instead of four plus. So it, it's harder to stun them and... It, no, it's it's easier to stun them and harder to knock them. No, wait, it's two plus. So one is knocked, two to four is stunned, and five and six is out of action. Nice. Yeah. And uh, then we have Trevor Rutter. He is my dog person. I always feel my dogs alongside him because he's based on a piece of artwork where uh, this witch hunter holds two war dogs in leashes. And he's armed with a pistol and an axe. Then for my henchman, I have two flagellants. Uh, one is the Twintail Comet, because his hair looks like a Twintail Comet. He's armed with a flail. Then I have my executioner. And because of the size of the model, I prefer to use the flagellant rules. And he's armed with a double-handed axe. I also have uh, three zealots. They're like weedy, weedy humans with really, really bad stat lines. And uh, these are the pilgrims who have followed the warrior priest to the city. They're all armed with maces. And I have two war dogs, which is Adolf and Kruger One-Eye. This warband uh, has a rating of 116. It's 12 members, and I have five gold crowns left. Nice. Very nice story for them. And as soon as there's gold enough, uh, there will be armor for... Uh, Elizabeth Steinhardt because her clothes, well, she has armor beneath them. I just couldn't afford it in the beginning. And uh, my witch hunter captain will get the sword. Right, very cool. I really like it. And yeah, I've seen the warband itself, which is very nice indeed. Mm -mm, Thanks. So this is the the normal warband that you play with, right? Yeah. And uh, well, in, in different campaigns, I just give the guys different names. But in my main campaign at home, these are the names and uh, that I use for the warband, the guys and the henchmen. Cool. So how's the, how's the campaign going? It's been uh, dead for about three months because my hobby room is more or less a dumpster right now. Dumpster full of dollars. <laughs> yeah, and boxes of bits and things everywhere. Uh, as soon as I get the clean up in here, my brother and I is going to com- continue with the campaign. All right. The heretics must fall. Yeah, well, this, this list definitely gets five out of five burned witches. Nice. And yeah. I got to say, the warband itself, it hasn't fared good because it's so mixed with all kind of equipment. And like, I don't care because with this warband, I just wanted to build cool models and then think about how well will it do on the battlefield and uh, now when we've got a, a bit into the campaign they have gained the levels they need they have gotten the skills they need and uh, even the the executioner is a hero right now so and he has badass skills he's like a murderer he's so <laughs> goddamn he's, he's, he's a beast on the battlefield 
if I had the papers here, I would read them to you. But he has toughness four with resilience. So like in close combat, enemies get minus one strength against him. And he has three wounds. Uh, this is the, the fat guy, right? The, yeah. the Nurgle yeah. guy that you've converted. Yeah. And uh, the last game we had, he gained the skill Strongman, so he can wield his double-handed axe in initiative order. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to lop all the heads off. I see yeah. him like the personal bodyguard of Elizabeth. Yeah, this, this is what Mordheim is all about. Just character progression. It's having stories oh, for yeah. your, your guys. Which is really important. When when I build my models, I, I want them to have some sort of story before the campaign starts. Like, was he a brawler? Was he a street con artist? Is he a drunkard? Whatever. Just anything goes with the models. And with these guys, it's hard, hard witch hunters with men lost to the fates of Sigmar. They all follow the giant rat ball in the sky, eh? <sighs> that is true in a way, but you don't need to know that. <laughs> That's not true until a few years in the future, at least the in world. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And, yeah, and and something to say to people out there: if you create a Skaven warband, don't spam slings, please. Yeah. Don't. That's that's I I've heard of this. Like Thomas did mention yeah. it. Yeah, he he mentioned it too. Yeah. Like in the try. interview we had, he mentioned yeah. it. Uh, so we're gonna say it again. If you play Skaven, please limit yourself to use slings on one henchman group. Heroes are fine, but on henchman groups, one henchman group. Or your well, opponents will probably insist of bringing a sling immune dragon yeah. the next game. Yeah. And uh, some people do try to buy, like, minimum war gear for everything, like two maces, because maces are great weapons and they are cheap, like three gold crowns each, just to gain additional attacks, and so they don't have to use daggers, because every model comes with a dagger, it's a free weapon for the first dagger you have, and... uh, when you hit the enemy, the enemy gets plus one armor save, but it's still a free attack that you have. Some people go like, well, I don't want to give my enemy an armor save, so I'm going to buy two maces because they're sheep. And then they get two attacks anyway, and the enemy don't get the bonus save. So don't spam maces or hammers. Sounded quite advice. So do we have anything more on this topic to mention while we're at it? It's a, it's a good... Uh good introduction just how to go about uh, and of course yeah go go to broheim.net i think dot com i don't know yeah Sorry. yeah dot net yeah and there uh, would be a link in the show notes yeah all, all the warbands are there just go in there and build whatever warband you want uh used to not on the like the because they have different ratings on like how uh official they are kind of yeah when you play do you have like a preference of which ones to use i prefer to use official ones but i don't mind if people use fan-made warbands yeah because they have like one one a one b two yeah uh where do you draw the limit i draw the limit on uh well one a b and c i i do allow official and unofficial it all depends on the setting uh, because like in Mordheim uh, for example the elves weren't there and the Bretonians weren't there I wouldn't say no to a guy if you're like hey I have elves and I want to play with them I would allow him but inside I would be screaming <laughs> alright so it's more about the, the story yeah. than the, the rating yeah alright cool yeah Hope you guys are stoked about Mordheim. To this year is the year of Mordheim, so get yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the rules around this is also. I think there's some thing up with your recording. I think it's echoing from you. It's me. Okay, I'm gonna restart. Edit, edit, edit. Uh, yeah, go to Broheim. Go to Broheim. Uh, check out all warbands. Check out the rules. Buy yourself a box of ten models and make yourself a warband. Throw some dice. Yep, pretty much. With that, do we don't really have anything more for this episode? I don't think so. Uh, well, the next time we will talk about Mordheim, it will probably be how to play the game and how to do in the post-battle sequence. Mm. I'm excited about that. And the next episode, 
Do anyone really want to bet there will be a Vampire Count episode next time? I or wonder, it, where have I heard this? Thing. I've been hearing it, rumors about one. Yeah, it might just be a waste of money to take that bet, I think. Yeah. Was his fourth time? Well, let's not go into that. We're going to shame Krell more off air, I think. Yeah. <laughs> See you in the next episode. Bye. Goodbye and stay square. Unless it's board hype, then just round bases. Time may have ended, and the realm of elves, dwarf, and man shattered. But in our hearts, the old world lives.